श्री गुरु वैष्णव गुरु परंपरा की जाय परंतरा श्रीमद् भागवतम की जाय सो वी आर कंटिन्यूइंग आवर डिस्कशन ऑफ श्रीमद् भागवतम फर्स्ट कैनो चैप्टर 6 हियर वी फाइंड ए डिस्कशन बिटवीन नारदा एंड व्यास इन व्हिच व्यास नारदा इज टेलिंग व्यास based on Vyasa's inquiries at the beginning of the chapter, further details about his own spiritual evolution. And we've heard most recently how <coughs> Narada, leaving home, detached, sat himself down under a sacred tree, in the hollow of a sacred tree and meditated upon Shri Krishna and he got the darshan of Krishna and then we heard how Krishna disappeared and how this in turn inflamed his desires intensity of pursuit for again experiencing that uh, all blissful object of his love it said that um, you don't know what you've got until it's gone hmm. so um, this is his experience and it said similarly that in with regard to the two banks if you will of the river of love river of prem union and separation sambhog and vipralamba or yoga and viyog that um in glorifying the love and separation sometimes it is said that in union there is one krishna but in separation there are millions of krishnas one is seeing krishna everywhere and everything everything in the world reminding him of krishna and uh, compelling the devotee to do whatever is necessary that that uh, union might again take place and so this is the condition we find dart in and then suddenly what happened krishna did not reappear per se but he spoke to him hmm? he who is ineffable himself spoke he is beyond words beyond the mind so much so that the uh, nirvishesh bodies maya bodies they like to philosophize that there you appear to speak about god you can only speak about that which god is not not this not that neti neti but as we said the other day when we were discussing this western commentators have a different outlook for example we find the sutras ikshater na shabdat and the venerable baladev bidibushan gaudiya vedanta commentator has said also citing the shruti in his commentary god is ineffable that from whom words have gone return that from whom mind of in gone returns in the words it can't words can't take us there in a sense a mind can't take us there he's beyond words beyond mind 
citing the same Shruti references that uh, Mayabhadans like Shankar will, he said, nonetheless, this is not that God cannot be spoken about, but there, that there is not enough that we can say about God. And so, we, therefore, the devotees are always talking. Hmm? Mahaprabhu said, for example, uh, Jiva Goswami has attributed this verse to him. What is that? He says, Shrotram api upanishadam dure harikatamrita. Those sounds of the Upanishads, which are like what, Golok? What would be a sound of the Upanishads? Um, yeah. Um, uh, yeah, um, Brahmasmi. I am Brahman. Hmm. Uh, very vague sounds like this in terms of speaking about spiritual life, about the nature of the soul, about uh, about God. Neti, neti. This is the famous uh, aphorism from the Shruti. What does it mean? Neti, neti. Not this, not that, not this, not that. So Mahaprabhu Sri Chaitanya said, these sounds of the Upanishads, glorified as they are, hmm? The Shruti means that the direct utterances of Bhagavan, of the Godhead, as the Upanishads are thought to be. They are dure harikatamita. Dure means far away. They leave one far away from where one can arrive at by harikatha. Shrotram api upanishadam dure harikatamritam. And then he says, the latter part of the verse describes the sattvika bhavas, pulaka, hashu, kampam. By harikata we enter into a veritable world of ecstasy where the movements, either voluntary or involuntary, are ecstasy. The voluntary movements, anubhavs, the involuntary movements, sattvika bhavas, transformations, vikar, transformations of ecstasy that make up the whole world of Krishna Lila. All the different movements of the devotees relative to their sentiment as friend of Krishna, as the lover of Krishna and so forth, have different movements that constitute ecstasies. It's not that the clouds in, in, in Goloka Vrindavan rain, they cry. Hmm? in ecstasy at the beauty of Krishna and, and uh, so forth. So the, it's a whole, if you study, you see that's a whole world of ecstasy. Hmm? Um, so by harikata, then, you can go there, not by those vague sounds of the Upanishads. So this is the harikata, is that, Example of that which, of applying this kind of thinking, Bhagwan, Godhead, Brahman is that about which one cannot say enough. So, so many commentaries on Bhagwat and so much discussion of Harilila and so on, the chanting of his names. And there's no end in sight for this, and Narada is a good example. So, he heard then. He heard Bhagavan speak, and 
in his speech, of course, he found again his presence in some measure. And he also here tried to describe the speech. What can you say about that? He who was beyond words is now speaking words to me. <coughs> he described them as Gambira, deep. And of course the word Gambira takes us to Chaitanya Lila. Because the room that Chaitanya Mahaprabhu stayed in, in Puri, small stone room with no windows, about six by eight, eight by eight, mm-hmm. was called the Gambira. It means that very deep things went on in there. Mm-hmm. Very deep, very profound things. <coughs> there is the fountain of love of God that flows in all directions in the form of Krishna Leela rising out of Chaitanya Mahaprabhu's ecstasy. So you don't need a big room. Hmm? Prabhupada had a big heart. It was said by his astrologer that he could build a house the whole world could live in. Hmm? A house uh, was in his, in, his, in his heart. He kept himself quite small in his own estimation. And by material standards as well. There was a lot of, relatively speaking, wealth at his disposal, but he never became bewildered by that. Hmm? He kept himself very, very simply. Hmm? Sri Ramarsh noted when he came to see him and at his request in Mayapur that he met me on the veranda with his gumcha, with his little towel. He kept himself very simple, even though he was being um, um, supplied too much monetary facility, wasn't buying. I remember once in Chicago, when Prabhupada arrived and we greeted him, some reporters came. One lady reporter said to him, So I understand, Swamiji, that you have many, many cars. And Prabhupada said, Yes, so many we have, so many cars. And she started at that. He, gets, he calls himself spiritual. But he's got so many cars, yeah. and then uh, so she's writing on something like that, you know. And Prabhupada says, "Yes, so what? What? What do they? What do we call them?" And he said, "Volkswagen or something." And he said, "The van, van. They are vans, and our boys and girls are going in the vans, and going into the country, and living in the van, and selling the books everywhere." And deflated her whole, you know, sense that she was getting getting from it. Cross that out, and so forth. So, deep anyway, the words of Bhagawan are deep and profound. He doesn't have to say much. A few words, just the sound of his voice, the sound of him is that Om, the sound of Bhagawan. So Narada was hearing the sound, he was experiencing, he saw him directly, so he saw when he saw him, this is called antardarshan. He had internal darshan of Bhagawan. His ears, his nose, his tongue, his other senses all became drawn within and experienced uh, the Godhead. Hmm? And now he disappeared, then he spoke again. So he's present again in his speech, but he spoke, we'll get to that, but he spoke and he spoke profoundly, deeply, 
and in a very endearing way to his devotee, he said, I don't appear just before anybody. He said, I don't appear before Kuyogis, pseudo-yogis, but I have appeared before you. It has kind of a double meaning. I don't appear before false, false, false yogis, but I appear before you. I, that means you're genuine. But it also may, may mean I don't appear before just uh, anyone. You're not just anyone. I'm appearing before you, but I'm also disappearing. Hmm? Why? Because as of yet, you you're, you still have some slight distance to go in order to prod you along and push you the final distance. I'm, I'm dis- I've, I've disappeared from you hmm? as well. You're not a kuyogi in the gr- crude sense of the term that I don't appear before. I've appeared before you. Hmm? But in another sense, you're a kuyogi, you're attached to the forest. Hmm? <laughs> uh, and uh, this, this is then Narada as a muchtikashai. A type of Mahabhagwatu has in the language of Sridhar two feet here, but his eyes are there. Hmm? Further along, uh, uh, the Mahabhagwatu has one foot here, extends one foot there. Hmm? And the Bhagavad Prapadeha is two feet there, extends one here. Hmm? Different kinds of Mahabhagwats, big topic. Hmm? So Jiva Goswami has cited Narada in relation to both, and it will come out in this chapter. Here he's the Murchitukashai, he's a, he's a, he has got two feet here and his eyes are there. He has some, according to Jiva Swami's reading, some sanskar for material life, but he hasn't had got the chance to fructify this tendency because he's saturating that seed of materialism with an ocean of bhakti. So if you have a seed but you just pour water on it all the time and it will not, right? It won't fructify. It will become, what do they call it? Logged with water. Waterlogged. <laughs> waterlogged. It will become waterlogged. It won't become a tree and a log. It will be waterlogged only. So, the pitch of his, of his bhakti is, is, is very high and so Bhagavan says, I appeared, now I'm disappearing, just to take you the further distance. What, what he had, what the possibility was, that theological person became a real person, the most real person, made all other personalities that are made up of mind and senses and so forth seem insignificant in comparison. We think this is the real life and Krishna is a person like us. Therefore, sometimes it's said in the scripture, he's not a person, he has no form. It means he's nothing like what, what do you think a person is? What do, you, what do you think a form is? Those things that are here today and gone tomorrow. A devotee once asked me, does Krishna have any, in the spiritual world, does Krishna have any real sex life? I mean, real sex life, you know, Radha and Krishna. I told him, you don't get it. There's no real sex life in the material world. 
So, a very different affair, a very different uh, idea, absolutely um, selfless this is the nature of brain. So, Nard is coming on this now. He's entering into into brain bhakti. So Bhagavan disappeared, but he spoke to him. And he said a few things, like I mentioned. And he has a couple other things to say here. He says that um, he, he told him, no, I've appeared, and uh, now I'm, uh, I've disappeared. So, to egg you on, so to speak. He told him that you had a little bit of association when you were young, and this story's been told. How during the rainy season, some devotees stayed at his mother's house and they engaged him in bhakti, they gave him prasad and so forth, and how it, it had a transformative effect. Here, Krishna tells him that in the, in the beginning, you had a little association of my devotees, and thus, it was guaranteed that you would become my associate. Hmm. So this, a lot of this section here is emphasizing the power of sadhusanga. There's probably nothing that we could emphasize more in terms of what would call our progress. Devotees always ask me about how to make progress and so forth. And of course, I always readily... Uh, lean in this direction, tell him by sadhu sangha. Once one devotee told me, what, well, what if I don't have any sadhu sangha in my area? I said, then move. <laughs> right? You have to make a little effort to get the mercy. <laughs> Something like that. So, <clears throat> he tells him, sat sevaya. Just having a little... Uh, Service, adhir gayapi jata maidridhamati. It's a little bit of a, having attained. This is he's saying that by sadhusanga your bhakti was born actually, and and so it's inevitable that you're that by that as we see your intelligence gradually became firm, you became fixed. And the deplorable condition of material life, hitva, hitva vadayam imam lokam gantam aj janatam masi. It's guaranteed you will become my associate. He's going to become the associate of Krishna here in this chapter. It's very. This is we're reaching the, the zenith here of the chapter. He's going to get his his swarup awarded to him. He's going to become the Narda that we we know. Hmm? He's speaking about his previous life a long, 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 long time ago. In a previous day of Brahma. So here we come to tonight's verse. Krishna says, or Narada says, Matir mayi nibad he jam nabi padita kari chit rodhepi smitis Previously in this chapter, one of the questions that inspired Narada to speak further about his life, he began to speak about his life in the previous chapter, and he spoke in a, in a nutshell how he developed progress in the context of meeting the sages in his home and so forth. 
But this chapter began with Vyasadeva asking more about what happened, you know, after the sages left. You were just a young boy. What, you know, how, do, how did you get the body I'm seeing now? Which is a very interesting point, of course, because obviously Narada is a liberated soul and he has a body. Vyasa is asking, how did you get that body? That's a different kind of body. It's depicted in the Bhagavatam in, in art of hovering just above the ground. Hmm? It means to say it's a very different kind of body. He's in this world, but not of it. He's got his transcendental instrument, the Veena, and so forth. Radhika Ramana Naume, Narada Muni Bhajaya Veena, Radhika Ramana Naume, Bhaktivinoda sings. What is the point? The point is, it's not like some people think, some philosophers think, some spiritualists, some transcendentalists think. You get liberation, it's the end of all form. Obviously, Nard had a shape. He's talking to, to Vyas. How did you get that form? And, 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 and you, know, you gave up, obviously, you gave up the other one because you're in a different one here. And um, this was your your sadhaka deha, your practitioner's body that uh, you've been talking about. You took prasad, you talked about how you got initiation and so forth. And obviously now you're not the son of a maidservant as you describe yourself. You're like very different. So how did you get that form? The implication is, among other things, of course, that liberation provides in the full sense, in the bhakti sense, in the bhagavad sense, the Bhagavad of the term, a svarupa, uh, a nature, a form appropriate for associating with Bhagwan, who has a form, who is a form, who is the form of ecstasy, satchirānandam vigraha. So, among the questions that Narada asked that caused that Vyasa has caused Narada to continue the explanation after he left home, what happened to him, and so forth, leading up to this point. Among those questions at the beginning of this chapter was, how did you remember? Here you are before me, you're telling me about a life you had in a previous kalpa. The kalpa is a day of Brahma. That's, uh, uh, suffice to say, a long time. Hmm? Yeah, some, you know, whatever, eight trillion years ago or something like that. And you're remembering that. So Narada says, how did you remember <laughs> that? That is pretty incredible. We know from the Gita that uh, Krishna's, that there's a difference between ourselves and Krishna in this regard. In the fourth chapter where he's discussing the avatar tattva, Krishna tells Arjuna that both you and I have lived many, have, have appeared many times. The difference is, I remember them and you don't. Hmm. So to remember your previous births and all is, is uh, extraordinary. Of course, it's not something at the same time that we're preoccupied with. When asked about it once, I maybe somebody asked me if I remember my previous lives. I said I was trying to forget them. <laughs> <laughs> That's our teaching. Hmm? <laughs> so, here, 
this question is answered. And uh, an artist says that that matir mai nibadyeyam nabi padita karichit. He says that prajasarga nirodhipi smitis chamra nubrahat. That uh, or excuse me, the Krishna's answering. Krishna's Krishna speaking in Arda, and in the context of speaking in Arda, the question that Vyasa's asked about how he remembered is answered. Narada's telling the story, and in this, this part here he's telling how Krishna spoke to him and what he said, and what he said, one of the things he said answers Vyasa's question, how did you remember? Krishna says to him that Mati Mayi Nibadha Intelligence Matir Mayi Intelligence fixed on me. Hmm? What do we call this? Vyabasayatmika Budhir Ekeha Kurunanana. One thought alone, Krishna. Manmana, Bhavamad Bhakto. Manmana, put your mind on me. Uh, intelligence that is many-branched. Samadhana vidhiyate, he says. That Bhogaishvarya prasaktanam tiyapaita chetasam pevasayatmika vidhiyate, samadhana vidhiyate. Uh, boga Aishvarya, Boga Aishvarya, enjoying and wealth, opulence, these things take one's mind, intelligence in many directions. Boga Aishvarya, Prasaktanam Tehapritachetasam. In such a person, there is no resolute intelligence, and the result is Samadho Na. That person cannot attain Samadhi, which is one mindedness. Fixation. The, in, 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 first, we shall fix our intelligence. Then the taste will come. It will be fixed on the basis of taste, more than on the basis of philosophy and and practice, and so forth. <coughs> so anyway, he has. He says, "You're uh, uh, that mind and intelligence fixed on me, engaged in me." Hmm? Na vipadyeta karichit. He says, never at any time can that be broken. And then he emphasizes, he said, prajasarganirodhepi. Not even at the time of the dissolution of the world or the creation. In other words, the implication is that what? Just like Oh, in the daytime, you've got so many things on your mind, you you go to sleep and you forget them. You might remember a little bit and so forth. But in the cosmic night, all the things that we remembered and done in our waking and our dreaming state, the cosmic night means the night of Vishnu. He inhales and the world comes back within him. He exhales and it expands. So the cosmic day and the cosmic night. 
he, he brings the world back within him. Again, the universe is expanded and then contracted. So when he contracts the universe, everything comes within him and all the jivas who are in a heterogeneous condition of individuality, they all come into a homogeneous condition of rest. They're still individuals, but they're all packed close together. And their waking state of consciousness and their dreaming state of consciousness is dissolved because there's no form for them to experience the waking state and there's no mind hmm, to experiencing the dreaming state. And no mind means no memory. So when they go to sleep within vision, this is called susupti, deep sleep. There's no dreaming, there's no wakeful state, it's just deep, deep rest. Sometimes it's called a contentless experience. When you have your mind fixed on me, it's different. If your mind is fixed on anything else, that memory will be lost. Hmm. for sure, maybe in the course of just going to sleep or just the course of material time. Hmm. But every memory hmm. and every object that is to be thought of and remembered afterwards, hmm. at the end of the cosmic day of Vishnu, it all dissolves. Hmm. But remembering me cannot be dissolved by anything, not even the dissolution of the world. Hmm? You see, this remembrance of me, this is of another, another nature. It's so uh, powerful hmm? that even the winding up of the world of Vishnu has no bearing on you. Hmm? I, I He's saying, I'm an object worth remembering worth fixing your intelligence upon. Hmm? All other objects uh, and, and thoughts and you try to remember and so forth. Hmm. It'll all be washed away by, by time. So he says, he basically says, and this, is, and this is by my mercy. Smritis cha mad anugrahat, he said. Your remembrance will continue by my mercy. It basically means, as I'm saying, your remembrance of Bhagwan will not be interrupted hmm, by anything, such as the nature of prema. Aituki, apratiyata. It cannot be interrupted. It transcends memory, in a sense. Transcends mind and intelligence. It, it, it involves the life of the soul proper itself, an awakened soul. So he wants to emphasize this. There's another life, there's a world beyond this. But in the context of that, he also kind of really answers the question of Vyas also. By my mercy, then, he says, your memory of me um, will continue. Your remembrance of me will continue forever. And As I say, he kind of answers that he's saying, and this is how I remembered my previous day also, which was involved with you, 
with, with involved with Krishna, with Bhagwan. In other words, the more our life is involved with spiritual sense objects, remembrance of the sadhus, our guru, the deity, and so on. these these things can go with us. <laughs> you might think, oh, I want to take those nice memories with me. Yeah, yeah. In, a, in a sense, yes, that's another thing. Even the whole sadhaka deha has its own life in eternity, in some mystical way, as the Acharyas have described. So, uh, he he remember his uh, he, he's remembering everything he did in relation to Bhagwan. Those memories are preserved. So, uh, a, a special this is Bhagwan's mercy. Therefore, his previous the previous kalpa, he, he was liberated, and he's remembering. But not only that he was liberated, obviously you remember that how Bhagawan came to him, and if, Bhagavan, if he remembers how Bhagawan came to him and gave him his swarup, and so forth, then uh, he remember what he was like before that, and so, so on and so forth. How he met the sadhus, how he met his guru, all possible by Bhagawan's mercy. So. He answered this question, then he says, "What uh, he says, uh, his uh, uh, last words to Nard, Etavad Utvo Pararamatan Mahada, Bhutam Nabho Lingam, Alingam Ishwaram, Aham Chatasmai Mahatam Mahiyase, Shrishnavanam Virade Nukampita. Then he says, that supreme authority, personified by sound and unseen by eyes, but most wonderful, stopped speaking. Feeling a sense of gratitude, I offered my obeisances unto him, bowing my head. So he says, Etavad Utva Pararama. He says, then, thus, finally, then in conclusion, he speaks. Ku Tan Mahadbhutam. He said, who stopped speaking? That Mahad Buddha, that great wonder, means Adbuta, amazement, wonder. This Adbutam, Adbut, uh, Chamatkar, wonder, is the kind of, the basis of rasa. Adbut is also... Secondary rasa. Anyway, wonder, maha, maha, great, one, one, very wonderful. That very, very wonderful spoke. He says, <laughs> he who is very wonderful. He spoke. It is said that Mission Chakuritako comments that, uh, that the uh, Rig Veda, which is the maybe the original Veda. And Veda means the Shruti, the sound of God, right? Hmm. The sounds from God. Uh, the, 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 uh, that Rig Veda comes from Mahadbhuta, the very wonderful. Hmm. So he, he used a nice word here. Again, he's describing the speech of Bhagavan that he heard. He said... This, this, this. He's saying that this, uh, 
this is the Papa described it the supreme authority. It means his speech is the supreme authority, just like we give credence to the Gita. They sometimes call it Gita Upanishad, spoken directly by Bhagwan. Therefore, it must be the Shruti. And the Bhagavatam is, is, is ostensibly a Smriti, but if we look carefully, it says Shruti Sara may come. It's the essence of the Shruti, and it was spoken by Bhagwan to Brahma in four verses. Brahma spoke it to Nard. Here we find Nard is speaking it to Vyas. This is the Bhagavatam here. Narada Bhagavatam, we call it in these chapters. So, he's saying this, this Shruti is the supreme praman, the supreme evidence, the final word, conclu- uh, the conclusive way of knowing. I heard him speak, and by that speech I knew everything conclusively. I could, I could, I could experience him in his speech. And he's saying, in other words, by hearing his speech, his voice, I became fulfilled. He's lingamalingam. He's lingam here means like a characteristic, like a symbol, like like a form. He says he was seen and not seen. By his speech, I could see him, though he could not be seen. I could not see him, but by his by his speech, he could be seen. He could be known. There's a saying, Shastra Chakshu. Vaishnavs see Chakshu, their eyes, through are the, are the Shastra, Scripture. That means their eyes are the sound, the speech of Bhagavan. When he speaks, then they see according to what, what he has said. We have to learn this, of course. This is what how we determine whether our, our, our feelings, our sentiments are spiritual or they're mundane or somewhere in between, to what extent they have, they have support from what Bhagwan has said, where, who is speaking from the land of feeling. We're here, we're kind of like in the land of the atrophied heart. So how much can an atrophied heart feel? If, if the heart is the feeling center, and it, that's readily admitted here in human society. From the spiritual perspective, it's atrophied. Why? Because it has some hardness to it. Hmm? We have to admit it has some meanness also, some hardness. And how is Prem described by our Goswamis? Melting. The heart melts. This is Prem. So Krishna is speaking from the land of Prem to his Premika, his, his Prem devotee Narada. That speech can melt your heart. That speech, in other words, can satisfy you. I mean, the heart... I mean, let go, so to speak. You know, we're in a kind of defense here. Always some battle is there. And I have to defend who I think I am or what I am or and so forth. It's a struggle. So it's over, it's over in praying. He heard the speech, you know, it's all over. It's finished. There's no more struggle. Not only there's no more struggle, but 
There's no more struggle. Why? In the context of meeting Bhagwan, hmm? who I've struggled to see also. And in his, in his company, hmm? there's no more struggle because, because why? Because there's something positive there. He's so loving. I stopped fighting because there's nobody else to fight with and nobody else to talk to or anything like that. In a Mayavadi conception, there's no other. No. Hmm? In the presence of the other, a significant other. Hmm? I have an onda in me. It's only atomic. Some, you know, all of us, ananda. We're constituted of some ananda, an atomic particle of, of loving. Hmm? Ananda means... Bliss. It means the loving capacity that we have. It, re it, re it pertains to our purpose. We exist, sat. We know chit. For what? For loving. Hmm? This is the purpose. Now, if we if we take this, we remove. Then, if our ananda, like our loving capacity, is to be fulfilled. In the full sense of the term, it has to. There has to be a significant other in transcendence, hmm? not another of another, in the appearance of another. Hmm? The shape of a material form, but that's as I say here, day gone tomorrow. We're all a little bit different. That's another thing we'll get to also in a, as we talk about Nards getting his swarup and so forth. But in the realm of consciousness, the point is, there has to be a significant other, and that other has to be consciousness. Adaptable expression. Otherwise, as I've said before, without that, the measure of ananda in transcendence is only the ananda or the bliss, or the loving to exist. I love to exist. What kind of love is that? <laughs> I love the fact that I'm I'm, I'm not threatened by non-existence. I mean, <laughs> you start scratching your head. That's why you start to say, I'm not sure the jiva has any love. You know, all it has up to Brahmananda. Hmm? But it has more. It has the capacity to to love more by by association with Bhagwan. That's what we call bhakti. Hmm? And therefore, as I say, the equation shifts in bhakti from the jnana marg of loving to exist to existing to love. The sat, the chit hmm? become de-emphasized the ananda is emphasized, but at the same time, if we look carefully, that sat and chit, that existing and knowing that is part of a loving existence, at the same time become the most profound sat and the most profound chit. Hmm? Even though it's not, it's not even emphasized. We mean, that I exist, that I know, these things are de-emphasized in Gaudiya Vaishnavism. In fact, Krishna is wondering, he's showing some not knowing, and questioning his existence as he's thought to be the king of love. Hmm? He's questioning it. And 
in, in, in seeing the measure of Rabba's love and so forth. But what kind of existence is that? And what kind of knowing is that unknowing? Hmm? Therefore, that some of it, the super knowing, and Yoga Maya, in some respects, presides over that 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 knowing. Krishna presides Vasudev, but she presides over him also, hmm? and creates an unknowing. So there's an unknowing that constitutes the highest knowing. That that unknowing is, I don't know that Krishna is God. And what is the knowing? I know my friend. I know that one of us. He's like me. I don't know that he's God. <laughs> and this is some of it. And I know that, uh, that he's my friend. He's my Instead, this is very extraordinary. So this, this is all large experience. This is brain. These ideas. Of course, it's about. So he doesn't exhibit the bridge praying directly. Narada was bathing in the Narada Kunda in Vrindavan. He gets a gopi day and all these things. So this is goes on to indicate that he's a, a special paradigmatic person. Hmm? Therefore, sometimes. Sadaka Siddha here, for our sake. And we should think that other things that are talked about in Narada are part of the the, the, the possi- possibilities for sadhakas like ourselves. The general course is being described here hmm, for the sadhakas. You know, see, he gets one swarup hmm, that he might have, you know, several and different leelas and so on and so forth. That's because. He is, um, as I say, a paradigmatic person out of the Bhagavatam. Not the ordinary sadhaka, although he's describing himself as such. So here, anyway, what happened? Again, Krishna spoke the Mahad Adbhuta. He's praising those words. He's saying the supreme authority. In other words, I'm in touch with the supreme authority. I'm directly in touch with the, the very essence of the Shruti, the sound. Bhagavan is personally talking to me. My heart is completely melted. Hmm? And though he's unseen, in the context of hearing him, I'm like seeing more than I could see with ordinary eyes. Hmm? Again, so he, he, he spoke about his speech. He gave some words, Gambira, and so forth, to describe that speech. Now he's concluding the description of Krishna's speech and saying a few more things about it, hmm? but that most wonderful supreme authority in sound stops speaking. And he says, he says what? This is a very basic, then he goes to a very basic point of bhakti, feeling great gratitude. Hmm? I offered my head, I bowed my head. Hmm? So when we have the experience of Bhagwan, like Narada has, it's very, very humbling. 
it feels like you have just been just been graced you have been graced so overwhelming gratitude i had an experience when i was young in the, in 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 my involvement in Prabhupada's um, service where I came into the Arctic of, uh, in Los Angeles. They used to have an Arctic at 8 o'clock at night. And um, I had been out late distributing Prabhupada's books and I came in the last minute, uh, raced into the temple to have the darshan of the deity and I was standing, there were three altars. And one altar was a Jagannath altar. I was standing at Jagannath altar in the kirtan. One person was leading a kirtan, I think, where they had maybe a kirtan on a tape or something like that, because it wasn't a very well-attended artik late at night. Just the pujari there, and again, I think a tape. And there I was there, and the Jagannath spoke to me and began to dance on the altar. And I was so overwhelmed that I went out of the temple, and I went into the parking lot, and I found a a car there, you know, one of the cars of, of the temple. And I went, got inside the car and I closed and locked the door and crawled from the seat down under, the, you know, you get under where the dashboard is and I wept and I wept and I wept. I didn't know, I didn't, it's not like I went, God, just talk to me, check it out, I'm, I'm really somebody, you know, it's not like that. You don't feel like that. You feel so extraordinarily fortunate and blessed and humbled and so forth. The closer the finite comes to the infinite, the more he knows what it means to be finite. Hmm? It's like glaring goodness. So we find in the prayers of, of great devotees this overwhelming type of humility that we find here hmm? on the part of Narada. We hear them singing the songs and feeling like they're nothing. They've been, it means they've been blessed to feel like that. The opposite feeling, of course, is I'm a big devotee, I'm important. Other devotees are bad. I'm doing it right. I should be noticed. So on and so forth. Hmm. Of course, then again, it's where it's appropriate to speak about things. I, mean, I guess we're speaking about it here. Narada is speaking about it. Guya makyati prachiti. These are, I mean, to speak about this, you have to have some affection for those who speak some competence and they will not be abused. Nar is giving his confessional here and Bias is on the edge of his seat. Bhagwan appeared, Bhagwan spoke to him. This is what he said. This is how Nar felt. This is something about Sumer Bhagavatam. So we stop there. Any question? Yes. But other people won't hear it. Others are hearing it. And seeing it. But, but um, this that, uh, for example, is explained in Kadamini, is that the external darshan? That's the internal darshan. So in Prem, 
once, it is said in this life, Krishna shows himself with his associates. And then he disappears. This is what happened in Narada. And then drives the devotee onward. I mean, he's talking about there may be sporty even for a sadhaka. But with all of his associates, <laughs> yeah, he appears. This is a very you know profound thing that uh, like Narada is experiencing. When Krishna appears before us, uh, you know, it's like, for example, you enter the Leela in Rag Bhakti. Um, Narada's situation is different, but in Rag Bhakti you have to take birth again. Right? And there, in the Leela, the men Krishna will speak to you and other people will hear. <laughs> Yes, sir. <clears throat> um, what we understand is when you said that the, uh, the cloud is nearly crying for Krishna, you know, no one's just raining or you know, crying. But, you know, what I'm trying to understand is like, does that mean that you know, like the clouds themselves, like you know, the material things, like is that they're alive? They're already there. <laughs> in other words, it's said in the Bhagavad Gita, for example, Krishna says, my dham, my abode, there's no need of sun, light, or moonlight, or electricity, or fire, or anything, or any illuminating uh, influence. The implication is, it's fully self-illumined. Hmm? Right? It is the light of lights. It's enlightened life. Right? Still, we find in Krishna Leela there is a sun and there is a moon. Hmm? They're devotees. Hmm? So, the devotee takes the shape of the moon in Krishna Leela and the sun in Krishna Leela. Hmm? And they are worshipping the light of lights, the light of their life, who is Krishna, something like that. And there are clouds and, and so many things. Hmm? It's all rasa. So. It's uh, you know, we 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 again. It's uh, difficult to address entirely with words, but through some poetic expressions of the Bhagavatam, devotees have done uh, a good job to help us get some idea of it. Hmm? But uh, the, just like I said earlier, the form of Krishna, it's not material. It's not physical, but it's a form. Hmm? You think of it like this, you're a unit of consciousness and you're giving attention, your attention is, is uh, directed towards matter. What is the result of that? A material form. In other words, if I give my attention to the material elements, my con then a, a, a form of material elements will come. If I'm attached to material things, if I, I'm the, I'm, I'm a, we all are the movers, the animators of the world being consciousness. Right, it's a consciousness-driven world, material world. We don't realize that we're consciousness, and so we end up getting driven by matter. But we turn the whole show on, just like the viewers required to turn the TV on. Right, the TV might take over the viewer's life at the same time. So we turn on the world, so to speak, as as emanations, as the emanation of Vishnu is glancing at the 
that animates the world, but the world takes over our life. Um, so, at any rate, that what happens when we, uh, when Krishna projects the seeds of ourselves, if you will, into the womb of material nature, is that material nature starts to move and take shape. And our body is an instance of that, for example. So, my point is that when consciousness turns its attention towards matter, it, matter takes a form. So when consciousness turns inward on itself, then to give shape to its expression, then there's a consciousness-constituted form suitable for associating with Krishna, whose form is made of sat-chit-ananda, eternity, knowledge, and bliss. So it's it, it's hard to think about you know a form made of knowledge, a form made of bliss, a form made of um, you know eternity. But here we have a form that is asat, achit, and nirananda. It's asat means it's not enduring, right? It's achit. It's full of ignorance. Hmm? You know we've identified with this form, and the result is. There's a lot of things we don't know. Right? And it's near ananda. It's really without bliss. Hmm? Um, so, the opposite then. Hmm? It's very different. But there might be some similarities. If we're going to talk about it, also we're going to talk about it in a way that helps us kind of get a handle on it, so to speak. So there are comparisons, if you will, from this world that we draw upon to try to speak about Bhagavan, but his the reality transcends even those comparisons, those analogies. What else? Seems like you're figuring it out just from asking the question. So you can see that your mind is going, Oh, he needs to hear that, she needs to hear that. And then you're thinking, But actually, I need to hear that. So it's working. Hmm? Try harder. <laughs> All right. Grantrad, Srimad Bhagavatam, Vijay.